Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Mosaic Life Podcast is brought to you by 2237 Designs. Are you an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or perhaps you work for a small business that has a website? Well, I have a question for you. Does your business own your website? That may seem like a silly question. Of course you do. That may not be the case. A lot of times, larger agencies or even designers will write into the contract's clauses that allow them to retain the rights to the work they've done. I recently took on a client who is facing this very same issue from a large predatory agency, and when she tried to break up with them, she found herself in a world of hurt. Don't find yourself in a world of hurt. When you work with 2237 Designs, all of the work done for you is owned by you. If you ever want to leave, you can take your website with you. No questions asked. 2237 Designs offers website design, website hosting, domain name management, and everything you need to make managing your online presence simple. Visit 2237designs.com today. Mention you heard this on the Mosaic Life podcast, and you can qualify for a free year of website hosting when you work with us. Again, visit 2237designs.com today to get started. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Mosaic Life podcast, and happy Easter from Ernie and I. I am absolutely stoked to share this episode with you. Um, Ernie introduced uh, Scott, Scott Hilburn, to me. Uh, a couple months ago, we've been trying to get this on the books to do this interview, and with all that's going on in the world, we had to reschedule a couple times, but I'm so happy that we finally were able to sit down with him, and I sit down in quotes, with him last week and uh, record this. Scott is a passionate cinematographer and producer on a mission to create conscious and elevating films and documentaries. He personally had a spiritual awakening in 2010, and his entire life changed completely changed. He was led down a journey of practicing and teaching advanced metaphysical techniques for six years, and now he practices and teaches mindset through personal growth exercises, kundalini yoga, freeform dance, and other conscious techniques. He is also an investor into conscious and elevating organizations. We get into so much of what I personally have been trying to delve into over the last three or four years, um, especially in regard to spiritual awakening. I never knew what that was. I really hadn't given it much thought. I'd heard the term before, but it wasn't until I read A Mind at Home with Itself by Byron Katie at Ernie's recommendation that I really started to think about what it means to be awakened. And it's not necessarily a woo-woo statement. It's you wake up one day and you realize the way in which you're living your life is not okay. It's not what you've wanted for yourself for so long, but you have given in to the pressures of those around you, to society, to live a way in which people expect you to live, not the way you expect yourself to live. And so that's happened to me over the years. It was very gradual. Um, as you'll hear in this episode, it can happen to people extremely quickly, which can be a shock. And so that's what one of the documentaries Scott is working on is all about. 
We also talk a lot, a lot about kundalini yoga, which is something that I want to get involved with. Ernie is a big believer and practitioner in it. And uh, for those unacquainted, such as myself, uh, both Ernie and Scott give a great primer on the practice. All that said, I can't wait to share this episode with you. So please welcome Scott Hilburn to the podcast. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Life is an art, every moment a picture painted in time. The color, texture, lighting, all context. The Mosaic Life vision is to cast a warm glow on your masterpiece, highlighting the struggle while showcasing the culmination of years of hard work. Join us for guided meditations, interviews with authors and leaders, and engaging conversation as we explore the depths of our consciousness. Scott, uh, I want you to formally... Good man. I want you to formally meet Trey. He's one of the one of the, one of my best friends and, and the partner in this podcast. Really, the the life force behind this whole thing. And Trey, I want you to meet Scott. Uh, I met him by by chance um, when he uh, when he got called last minute to be filming for our uh, embodied men's leadership retreat in the middle of the desert. And I had the pleasure of uh, riding to the retreat, which was like two and a half hours or more. Um, and, and back from the retreat with him, and we had some great conversations. So, that's Scott, in- Trey, Trey, Scott. That's incredible, Scott. It's Thanks, very Andy. nice to meet you. Yeah, same. I've heard a lot of great things about you. I'm oh. excited to connect and get to know you. Same. Well, I, I appreciate it. I know we've we've had some uh, scheduling issues, and you know, with you know the world grinding to a halt, you know, Ernie and I were just having a conversation about how we've been using that for you know improving our mental health, but I, I know that's kind of, you know, throwing a wrench in a lot of things, but uh, I'm, I'm glad the three of us were able to sit down metaphorically and, and do this. Definitely. Same. How's everything going for you during this, these times? Uh, for me, pretty, pretty good. I, um, I, I am I'm self-employed. I, I do web design and maintenance and, you know, things haven't really slowed down. So I've been, I've been thankful for that. And then, um, you know, just really focusing on my mental clarity outside of that. It's, it's been, um, it's been overall, it's, it's been a good experience outside from, you know, the, the hurt that the world's feeling. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Uh, things have been great for me overall. I, uh, I just moved across country from LA to, to Texas two weeks ago. So we got here about two weeks ago. So nice. it was kind of an interesting time to move. Uh, but yeah, we're in a, we're in a fortunate place, thankfully. And we're, um, excited to be excited to be in Texas where it's a little more spacious and also excited to be in one place. Yeah. When the first of the first few weeks of the quarantine were, were happening, we were, we were not quarantined pretty much. I mean, we were moving and, um, in the flow of things so like nothing really slowed down too much and so now it's really nice to be grounded in one place i'm enjoying it and um also working independently so using this time to, to meditate more and to connect more learn more and That's then to great. create a lot of things and put attention on projects and things that need attention so it's been That's really great. great awesome how about you ernie how, how are things for you yeah yeah man uh, pretty good actually really good uh one of the one of the best things about this is, um, so I, I had been working part-time and then coaching part-time. And uh, one of the things when I was at work part-time, even though it was, you know, four days a week, uh, it felt like a lot. And 
and I would come home from work and I would feel very disconnected from my family. And sometimes it would be challenging to, to take back, not take back the leadership, but to take leadership in the moment and, and calm everybody down and, and really, uh, you know, bring everybody together. You know, when I come home from a, a long day at work and everything's kind of tossed up in the air by the time I get home, one person at home taking care of two kids, it's a, quite a bit plus a dog, you know, and, uh, and so that, that had been challenging a lot of times and being home more now, which basically being home most of the time, I've been able to be present enough, uh, more present than ever in uh, time-wise. And it allows me to, um, to affect the energy of my family more than when I'm not there. You know, like I can, if things start bubbling, I can jump in and, and bring in the breath and, and bring in, you know, like a more calming tone and pace about things. So everyone can calm down and, and things can, you know, move in the right direction, whatever that is. Uh, so I really have appreciated being home like that. And, and one of the biggest things that I'm noticing from this time period is I don't want to go back to a part-time job. So I'm, I'm really taking the time to build relationships, coach as many people as possible and, and put myself in a position financially that I could just stay home when this is actually over. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It is, man. I think that's going to be a reality for a lot of people realizing like, Oh, I can, I can work from home or I can do what I, I want to do. Absolutely. I don't have to do you know, the way I thought I needed to do it. And I, you know, I wrote, mm -hmm. I wrote an interesting email that ended up turning into an article that I put on LinkedIn yesterday. Um, I was having a, a conversation with a, a mutual friend of Ernie and I, uh, her name is Bree. Uh, she operates out of Phoenix and she's a physical therapist and trainer. And, you know, she and I were talking just about how, not only how our lives and our businesses are changing now, but fast forwarding, you know, six months, a year, two, three years how is that landscape going to change? You know, in her world, you know, gyms are closed right now. So she's having to shift how she operates. But you think about yeah. in that industry, you know, the LA fitnesses, the planet fitnesses, any added burden that those companies are going to have for more stringent cleaning, or people may even realize, oh, I don't need a big gym to stay fit and stay in shape. I can do all this at my home. I can go to a smaller local gym. So I think people are just going to have this different mindset. Like, are our clients still going to need us? And so we need to shift forward and think about not only how we're going to survive now, but how we're going to survive when this all ends, because it's not going to be the same. Right. Yeah, this is going to have a huge impact for sure. The yeah. ripple effect out and, yeah, cause a lot of change ultimately. And I like to think that it's for the better in the long run. I agree. I agree. I, you know, we I've got people just, you know, like Ernie, we, we were just talking, people are just slowing down and realizing that there's so much more to life than operating from an eight o'clock in the morning to six o'clock at night and then coming home and doing it again. There's just, there's more to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard more tweets in the past two weeks than any tweets on Twitter. <laughs> like, I've heard actual <laughs> birds chirping more often than I've heard or in red posts. And, and, uh, and it's just been a, a really nice, spacious feeling in, in, uh, in some places, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Ernie, do you, I mean, uh, since you have introduced Scott to me, do you want to introduce this, uh, Scott to the world and, uh, you know, just kind of recap <laughs> how you guys met and, you know, so I, Scott, I'm looking forward to talking with you, learning more about you and your film work. And, uh, but anyway, Ernie, go ahead, my man. Yeah, we can, we can jump right in. Um, yeah. So, so Scott and I, Scott Hilburn, that's who we have on here today. And, and he and I met, um, he was pulled last minute to film uh, an embodied men's retreat uh, because of his reputation. The, the One of the men in the group who was actually, you know, the head of the filming for this documentary they were doing um, knew of Scott's reputation within the film industry. And so he called him last minute knowing that he would, he would do the type of work that they needed. And it just so happened that they, they pulled in somebody who was already and living and, and experimenting and, and practicing in the realm of the type of work we were doing. So not only was he uh, able to come and do great work as a, a filmmaker, but he was also really into the work that we were doing and, and um, even leads some of the types of work that we were doing, Kundalini Yoga in particular. Um, and, and so he and I got to drive back and forth to the retreat just by happenstance and then also spend some time there on the retreat and, and have built a relationship from that. So um, those, those are a couple of things that I, I most note about him, the film filmmaking and, and, uh, and then the, the Kundalini yoga teacher. I know you're an instructor as well. You and your, your wife, Sydney, um, is there anything else that I'm, I might be missing Scott in regards to the work that you're doing currently? Uh, that, that's, that's pretty much sums it up. For now, I mean, there's there's a few other things I'm branching into, but that's the the bulk of it, for sure. Thank thank you, yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and man. Yeah, I know we talked a lot. An amazing <laughs> car drive. That was that that holds a special place in my heart for sure. Uh, the way yeah that yeah me that. too. And, yeah, and uh, I appreciate your genuineness and your authenticity. And uh, man, I, I was at that men's retreat filming, and. So I'm therefore a silent observer and I really saw you play full out and give it your all. And that was, it was really beautiful to observe and to witness. Man, and, it was intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We might Sometimes not have, we have to, to get there. into the type of work I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, so man, we got, we, we've, uh, the three of us are here now. Uh, and I guess the first thing I'll say is if, if for anyone who is listening, who might uh, notice that it, it, the um, the quality of, of the the podcast might be a bit different, you know, with, with the landscape of the world right now um, and, and everyone practicing social distancing in order to keep the spread of the coronavirus down, um, we're doing our best to do the same thing. And we've all made adjustments to be in places that we can have this, this uh, recording and, and do our best to make it as accessible for listeners. So that might be something that people notice throughout this call, but we're going to do our best. And, and Trey always does really well in the editing process to make sure that this is really good for, um, for the listener. So I wanted to note that as well. I appreciate that. You know, that, you know, yeah. I pull my hair out when I hear, but I mean, like, like I said, it's a uh, desperate times, desperate measures. I mean, more than anything, we want to get that content out uh, because it's important. Definitely. Yeah. Perhaps even more important yeah. now than ever before too. Agreed. I agree. So I, I am curious. Um, so 
uh, Scott, I know you are working on or have worked on when lightning strikes, but I, I, so you were filming, um, the, the work, uh, the, the retreat that Ernie was at, is that something that's available to viewers? Is that something you're currently working on as well? Uh, that's something that's still in production. So that's going to be a while. I was just brought on as a freelancer for that one. The, the, uh, when lightning strikes project is a project that I'm much more involved in. I'm the cinematographer on it, which my background is heavily in cinematography. I used to be just specialized in that. However, I've really branched out and I'm moving more into the producer role. So I've been producing some pretty large budget documentaries and one of them is, is when lightning strikes. And then I'm, I've got a couple other projects on the burner right now that I'm producing, but I'm, I'm also the cinematographer for some of these. And then we hire people as needed and stuff. But, um, so for the, for the men's group one, I was a cinematographer on that, which was just amazing to be in that space. Cause I love to, my, my whole mission and purpose with filmmaking is to create content that's elevating to humanity and, um, inspires people to tap into their full potential and to make the most of life and resources that we have available. So whenever I, I got a call, like, Hey, can you come in a couple of days to, to fill in for this? I was like, yeah, definitely. This sounds, sounds amazing. It's such an incredible experience to, to be a part of. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Go ahead, Trey. Oh, I was just, uh, so I, I am curious because, you know, you, you sent over a trailer for Wind Lightning Strikes, and I, I am curious to learn more about that. I, you know, I've heard this, and I guess just for the sake of myself and for others, I don't know a whole lot about Kundalini Yoga, and I'm, I'm hoping, and I know, Ernie, that's something you practice. I mean, I'm hoping to give a kind of a, a primer for, you know, our audience members. I do know one of our audience, Angie. Uh, shout out to her. She she is she does practice in that. But I would like to learn more and I'd like to, you know, provide that for our listeners as well. If you guys can kind of give that uh, overview. Yeah, definitely. So that's two different topics. I'll, I'll start with the film. The film is called When Lightning Strikes. It's about spiritual awakenings in a variety of forms. So oftentimes we think, oh, when you have a spiritual awakening, that means life is great and it's amazing and it's getting better and, and there is truth to that however the process is not always that smooth and easy and it requires a lot of work and there's a lot of change in life and, and it can be very chaotic at times so uh, the film is really exploring some really profound and somewhat extreme experiences of people's spiritual awakenings from various walks of life that are very relatable and and then kind of just letting you experience what they experience through the film and then we have a bunch of notoriable experts like Matt Kahn and various people who are sharing wisdom and knowledge to, to go along with and really just educate about the about the experience with the whole the whole point of the film is to give people hope and inspiration that they're they're not crazy they're not alone and they're going to be okay and they're going to come out better than before and to also give hope to uh, to give inspiration to other people who might be living their normal life and their partner or someone in their family or a close friend is going through a spiritual awakening and they don't know how to work with them and they think that they're crazy and um it's also to inspire those people as well we're, we're creating a community around it and resources to be able to, to uh, support people moving forward so it's something i'm really really passionate about i've had about 10 years ago a decade ago i had my spiritual awakening which like what is a spiritual awakening right like what what is that so 
right. as I understand it from my own experience and having taught other people and, and, and connecting with other people about their awakenings and through making this film is there's really a variety of types and it's, it's different for a lot of people. It's not, not anyone's the same, but if I had to distill it down into something very objective, it's for, for me, it was a seemingly hitting rock bottom in my life. And the way that I functioned in the world, the filter that I saw the world through or the lens, you could say that I, that I saw the world through was completely shattered in, in a moment's notice. And it left me questioning, like, who am I? Why am I here? What is this for? What is life? Why do I even exist? And so when I asked those questions, I was in the most humble state that I've ever been before. And that opened me up to start to receive things, like things that started to come to me. Like, like, here's a class you can take. Here's a book you can read. Here's this, like, YouTube video you can watch. And, like, things that, all these resources I didn't even know were available. I didn't even know what spirituality was. I didn't make eye contact with people. I didn't speak my thoughts. Uh, I was very depressed and self-conscious and um, I thought I was just this body in the small world and that, you know, I judged the world for judging me and hated the world for hating me. And, um, and then when I hit that, that hit rock bottom in my life, I, I realized there was something much greater to my existence. And that led me down a 10 year journey, which is really a lifetime journey. I'll never stop. I'm continually learning and growing and having experiences to, understand myself more beyond this body, understanding how to use my mind productively to, to create more of the life that I want. And, um, and yeah, and to share that with other people. So spiritual awakenings, um, sometimes, oftentimes they're not super gradual for people. Sometimes they can be is what I've learned. If it's, if there's a right structure and community and that person is just kind of at the right place and right time for them, it could be somewhat gradual and then with like speed bumps along the way. But oftentimes for people, it's pretty extreme where it might be they go through a divorce or they have a death in the family or, or a close person in their life or a car accident or they lose their job and like their job, they, they've been in, they identify with it and it's how they know themselves and they, that's all their security is in that job or they have a lot of money and they lose the money or whatever it could be. Sometimes it's generally extreme like that to to really help the person wake up it seems very catastrophic and painful and challenging in the moment when we're zoomed into it because from the human perspective it is but when we zoom out and look more from the soul perspective or a spiritual perspective it's actually serving us it's, it's actually serving us to be able to wake up to our greater potential to the greater love that's always available the greater opportunities and possibilities that are always right here in front of us and so it really opens us up to be able to connect more and to, to see who we are and experience who we are. And um, oftentimes as humans, we resist change and change is inevitable in this universe and in this world. It's very clear, especially clear right now. And so we often resist change. And so when we resist change, it's like we know we need to be healthier. We know we need to exercise our body. We know we need to direct our mind and, and uh, you know think more positive thoughts and less negative thoughts, whatever it could be. But we just keep allowing ourselves to stay the same and we're resisting the change and doing what we need, then the universe and, and the world kind of has a way of seemingly forcing us to change. So when we, when we learn to start to embrace the change and seek the change and seek the learning, seek the growth, look into the shadows like, and, and connect with the greatness that's available, then the, the change tends to be much more graceful and less traumatic. Uh, and so, yeah, this film 
connects in with that where we're making a film that is highlighting a lot of the tragic experiences where someone was a multimillionaire, uh, hard edge kind of guy, like had no, um, never took a yoga class, never read a spiritual book, uh, had lots of um, had decent notoriety and connections and stuff and lived in a huge house in Malibu and had a Bentley with a driver and everything and um, nothing wrong with, with having abundance. And, but he, he wasn't connected with himself and he wasn't connected with his spirituality. And so then one day he just had like a breakdown and just totally, it was like lightning went off in him and he had never meditated. He meditated for 12 hours in the shower, started like sharing all this stuff, like love, peace, like let's like give everything away. Starts giving like millions of dollars away. And, uh, he's like having glimpses of his past life and glimpses of the future. And he's like communicating that. And like, and people think he's crazy. People are like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, you're crazy. And there's like family that knows him a certain way for 20 years, his kids, his, his wife, his friends, everyone in the community are like, you're crazy. Like you need to be in a mental institution. So he went to like five mental institutions for, uh, throughout a year. And then essentially realized that he wasn't crazy and that, uh, he was just, downloading information and the the change was so extreme from the way he saw reality to what he opened up to was just such an extreme jump without having the proper tools and time and community to like assimilate and grow slowly like a plant would grow it kind of hit the knock button before it's fully in gear so that caused some some challenges along the way and so ended up the family separated from him but he realized he wasn't he wasn't crazy and he ended up finding kundalini yoga actually and utilize Kundalini Yoga to ground himself. And he's, he's actually integrating more in the world and more functional in the world. He's, he's still in a process because it takes time, but he's definitely made tremendous and, and really quantum steps in his progress. And uh, he's grounding himself and he's now using his resources and his, uh, yeah, his resources and his passion to be able to spread spiritual conversations in the world. So we have someone like that in our film. We have other people from other walks of life and other statuses and things just to really show how this can happen in all of us, whether we're seeking it or not. Because some of us are seeking it. Some of us are like, I want to go to yoga classes. I want to go to meditation classes. I want to read these self-help books. And then, and then some people aren't and think that they don't need that. So the film is a really kind of like get the message across that whether you're trying to or not, it can happen to you, even if you're not trying to like this extreme example of this gentleman, Mm. um, right who was not seeking that and then was told he was crazy so so we think it's crazy because it's so the way that we function in the world and the way that we see the world before we have that awakening is just so different than what we can be experiencing and so when we've been a certain way for for a long time it's kind of crazy to ourselves they're like wow i don't know how to relate with people i don't know how to talk to people i don't know what to do like so that 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 can be very challenging and it's also very challenging for the family and i I have no judgment for the family because that's really really extreme for them it's like you know their security is kind of taken away from them in a moment's notice and um so so the intent is that this film will help really help people heal along the way and just give them reassurance that they're not crazy they're okay and uh we're also going to give drop little bits and tools not tell you that there's one way but just drop little bits and tools that you can, if you feel attracted to, you can have some more resources to be able to to start to move in that direction. So, so you're choosing to learn, choosing to to move forward. So then, when that time comes, that seed that's in you starts to sprout and bloom. It can be much less um, uh, chaotic impact 
around you in your life. So that's that's really kind of ties everything together. That's that's the film I'm working on, but that's also related to my own spiritual journey over the last ten years. And, and I'm also teaching Kundalini yoga and a lot of mindset stuff, and starting to, to to move into some coaching as well. And my 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 ultimate goal is to elevate consciousness of people and really just help people get more in tune with themselves, but to embrace learning because like we we have this mind and. If we don't train the mind, the mind is just doing whatever it wants, kind of like an untrained dog. It's going right. to poop in the house, it's going to chew stuff up, it's going to eat human food, do all these things, eat things that aren't healthy for it. Um, and, you know, if it gets sick, have to go to the vet and spend a lot of money. So it's like our mind does that too until we take command of it. That's the only thing we can control in this world is our mind. We can't control the situations outside of ourselves. We can't control this quarantine. We can't control any of this. But the one thing that we can is our mind and the thoughts that we think. And so that's something that Kundalini Yoga does help with. And then also a lot of my metaphysical studies that I, I studied over the past decade, um, personal growth stuff as well. I like to bring that to all the things that I'm doing because that's one of the, I guess, I think the hugest gifts that I can share with people is, is helping them utilize their mind to set them up for success in all ways. And yeah, so that, that's, yeah. that's what I got. Yeah. That's great. That's great, man. And And I'm sure... Trey, you probably have a lot bubbling up in your head, and and I do as well. You know, you covered a lot of ground there, but really, it felt like you you were you you nailed the uh, the process of 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 uh, I guess the arc of what, in my opinion, the arc of what it is to be a human or what it is to be a spiritual being. You know, we 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 go through life, and we're kind of being trained like a dog. By, by whatever is around us, our, our, our family, the TV, magazines, what, whatever you are looking at at a young age. And then we, we get to a point in our life where we keep grabbing outwardly for things. And, and for a while, these things that we're grabbing for really give us this sense of, of being, this sense of love or this sense of excitement or invigoration in life. And then, then it comes to a point where these things start to to numb out where they're not actually yeah. helping, you know, whether it's the relationships or, or, um, or drugs or money or status, you know, there comes to a point where it's like, Oh, I've, I keep getting it. I keep getting it. And, and now it doesn't feel the same. So there's this, there's this like pop that kind of happens like where, where we're looking outwards and then it's suddenly it's like, wait, if it's not out there and I'm getting chills just now reflecting this, Oh, maybe it's, maybe it's inside. And so we start to look back at ourselves and, and then it's like, you know, you're t some people are maybe like, you know, 18 to 29 and some people are probably in their fifties or sixties when this, when this moment happens, but you, you are just opened up to an entirely different world when you start to look back at, you know, what's happening, happening internally. And then from that place, creating a deeper connection uh, to what's actually happening in the world. So, so what you've been looking out at sure. changes as well when we start to, to look back in at ourselves. And, and then there's this, I guess this last piece that I'll kind of cap it with is, is once we start doing that and really start to integrate what we learn about ourselves, we come to a place where we take leadership in the world and we take, take what we've learned. And, and we realize that we're only being of service to ourselves or, or the world if we're serving what we know and what we can give and what we can offer to people. And, and that sounds like where you're, you're at at this point. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's been a process like, yeah, and I think that's a very symbiotic relationship. The more we learn, the more we have to give. The more we give, the more we learn. So it's 
they continually feed each other and it's hard to keep growing with that without one or the other and yeah Absolutely. And, and yeah. Scott, one thing you, you, know, you said a lot that just um, expanded my mind, but, um, you know, one thing that you had said is that we, the only thing we have control of is, you know, our mind and how we process that information. And, you know, we can train ourselves to essentially be better train ourselves like animals, like dogs. And I really feel like, you know, the type of person who I personally used to be a negative person, somebody who complained all the time, somebody who got mad at stupid things all the time, that is an untrained mind in my, in my, in my eyes. And I, I see so many people who are like that. And, you know, just having that ability to say, I don't want to be like this anymore and opening yourself up to new ideas, new concepts. It's so, so powerful. And, you know, knowing that other people are doing that, I think what, and I, I think this film is a great conduit for that, you know, would open people's eyes to how they could be not, you know, and, and move on from how they are right now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's how it starts. It just starts with opening the mind. It could be one simple question that can change in a person's entire life. Yeah. And, you know, right now, like we've mentioned, you know, this may be the opportunity where people are seeing themselves, hopefully not necessarily hitting rock bottom, but seeing that there other, are other ways to operate in this life. You know, you don't have to have so much focus on building a fortune, whereas, you know, you look internally and you find, you know, the, the self-satisfaction and <clears throat> the, the love that you've always had within you. And it's not those external things, it's the internal ones that truly bring you that, that peace, that happiness, that, you know, that eventual enlightened, uh, you know, becoming enlightened. That's, you know, so important for people. Definitely. And yeah, I, I personally think, and I think there's a lot of people that think this, but for my, the sense and feeling I'm getting is there's going to be millions of people waking up during this time. It's an extraordinary time because we've been, if you just zoom out over even the past 30 years or past hundred years, even as a humanity, we've been rapidly evolving. It always seems like the world is getting worse and more negative and more right. chaotic, but really we're just becoming more aware and more awake. A few hundred years ago, most of us can even read or write. We just believed what the one person in charge told us. And so we weren't taught to think for ourselves. And sometimes those people manipulated power, misused it to control us or, or limited knowledge. And so limit the knowledge that we could receive. But now because of technology, we're in a whole different time. We're all in a different like age of time. And we can learn in a moment's notice. Like we have all the information in the world at our fingertips, right? Like with the phone and the computer. And so when something happens across the world, we're aware of it right away. And so that might seem like, oh, the world's becoming more negative because there's like the shooting across the world. But stuff like that was always happening. Right. And, and people have done some, some rough numbers, and they think that the, the murder rate is actually significantly lower than it's ever been before, as far as they can tell. And there's more yoga studios, more meditation classes, more nonprofits to clean up the ocean and to help people. And so ultimately we're growing and, and becoming greater during this time and it's like harder to harder to stay the same harder to have ill intent and hide behind a mask of, of doing good like as we know with the whole me too movement and all these things all these stories are coming out even in spiritual communities it's in all of them and uh in businesses and film industry it's everywhere of stories of people misusing power of the past and and that ultimately is a part of the healing process that we're going through. But it might seem right now like, oh, the world's so messed up. All these men are messed up. But it's actually, that's actually the past momentum 
and that past momentum is actually slowing down and there's this but there's reminiscence of those old ways of thinking those old thoughts that are producing that old energy but now we're in a place where we're changing collectively and we're moving towards these higher energies of more compassionate more care more connectedness with ourselves more care about the earth all these things and so we're moving moving forward but that like we're still getting the you know the the cart up to speed and the other one's slowing down so it's easy to look at the world and be like man like it's like we're not making progress but and, but we actually are and i i think that I, I like to see the world in a positive way i just trained myself to see the good in all situations but i also see the value of looking into the shadows like like men's work teaches a lot and what i see is i, I just try not to stay in it too long just stay in it long enough to learn what i need to however with this virus and and in relationship to our humanity it's, it's all going to connect together which is <clears throat> in some sense we've been a virus to the planet yeah for the past hundred years so in, in 1901 we had a, a billion people on the planet and now literally just a little bit over a hundred years we now have eight going on 10 billion people it's crazy and so what are we going to be at in the next 10 years or 20 years or 50 years right so that's not so much the concern in my mind but how are we utilizing the resources even available? The relationship that we have between the earth, we're just cranking out all these factors, putting pollution in the earth. We have the, you know, just all the ways that like our trash industry, plastics that are ending up in landfills for a thousand years before they break down and they're toxic to make and often toxic to our bodies when the sun hits it or when they're heated up right. or hot food is in it. And so we're doing all these things that are unhealthy to the planet, but also to our bodies, like putting glades, and like products like that in our car and in our house that actually have a chemical in it that can cause cancer and having uh, household chemicals like the name brand stuff that causes uh, is they, there's research that it can cause uh, a cancer and these crazy diseases. The food that we are a lot of it's fake food, especially the processed stuff. They're adding chemicals. If it says natural ingredient, they can literally just take a little speck of an orange and mix it with chemicals and call it a natural ingredient. There's some like messed up stuff going on here, you know, but um, and so we've been a virus to the planet, essentially, over the past hundred years and, and disrespecting the planet in a lot of ways. And I don't like to revel in that kind of a, in that perspective for too long because I, I do see the positive growth that we've been having. We have massive growth, but it's also important to look at what we can improve and how we're moving forward. So to me, I, I, I really believe that the virus is a manifestation of how we've been a virus to the planet, and it's getting us to slow down. If you look at it, like China is one of the places that's puts out the most pollution in terms of factories right. in the world. And that's where this virus started. And it caused those viruses to shut down for a few months. And they say that our uh, pollution levels are like it's all time low right, right now. And, um, and so it's getting people to slow down, realize the people that have been kind of with I mean, it's with respect because I have no judgment towards people that haven't had an awakening yet. There's nothing. It's just we all wake up when we, when when we're supposed to, when the time is right. And so, but for the people that have been just living life, thinking that their their job, and they just you know come home and watch TV, and then go to work, come home, watch TV, and just kind of in their own pattern without really trying to progress or trying to grow or trying to or being mindful of the things that they're doing and the things they're buying, the things that they're putting in their body, all these things, what they're doing to the planet. Um, those people, a lot of those people are under intense pressure right now. Not, not all, but some, like some people, a lot of their normal freedoms, things that they use to fulfill themselves are taken away. They can't go to the bar and have a drink. They can't go to the restaurant bar and watch the game. They can't go to, um, they can't go to, uh, 
even their gym or their yoga class, whatever it could be. It's like the normal things that we do to, to satisfy ourselves. A lot of that is taken away from people. And then some people are under intense financial pressure. Some people are under um, intense like health concerns or concerns for their family. People who, who haven't trained their mind consciously yet, because all of our minds are trained, but it's not necessarily trained in the way that we want it. So people haven't consciously trained their mind to serve them. Some people are freaking out in fear right now to the, and to the point where, you know, some of those people might still be wearing a mask for the next 10 years because they're so scared to go and might, might not even go out in a group. That's, that's a real possibility for some yeah. people. But I do think that there's going to be millions of people that really have, during this time, uh, it's unfortunate that people have to go through these like challenging experiences, financial pressure and health concerns and stuff. But I think a lot of those people are going to really start to question things and awaken to new possibilities in their life of how they can be healthier and take care of their body year round every day with what they put in it, with how they exercise, how they treat it and, and how they treat the earth. So we have a better environment to live in that's healthier. I think people are going to care about that more um, through this pressure and also realize like more of their potential why am I working a job that I fucking hate? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I come home, uh, you know, pissed off every day. Why don't I go do something I'm actually passionate about? And, and some people that love their job and work in an office be like, you know, why can't I just work from home every day? It's like, you know, less driving, it's more time here. It's, so I think, yeah, there is going to be a lot of change. And, and I do think that it's directly connected with spiritual awakenings. It's like the time. There's a saying in old cultures that, it used to be the time of the one bodhisattva or enlightened being on the planet, like Jesus, Buddha, Lao Tzu. Uh, there's many enlightened beings of the past, like people who achieved like a great level of mind and connection and awareness. And now the time that we're in now is the time of the many where we're all waking up. It's like, we're downloading that. If this is getting kind of spiritual and esoteric, but that cosmic consciousness or Christ consciousness or Buddha consciousness, that expansive awareness of love and, and who we are and why we're here and that connection with all, we're downloading that as a collective consciousness right now. So collective, it's not the one person that's going to have that. It's like many of us are awakening to that as a whole. And so to me, this is a very extraordinary and exciting time. Like I, 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 uh, I send my love and prayers and, and I, 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 I image people experiencing grace who are going through the tough times. But when I zoom out and look at it as a, as a, more objectively, I see the beauty of what this is leading to. I think it's getting us more in alignment with ourselves and more alignment with our higher purposes of why we're even here on this planet. So to me, it's a really, really exciting time. I'm very curious and, and interested to see how everything plays out and if people continually embrace the change or, or resist it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know, yeah. I, I agree with you completely. And it's, it was interesting for me and you, 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 you're more in tune to this than I am, but you know, over the last 10 years, seeing the stigma of meditation being, uh, you know, dematerializing, you know, everybody, everybody and their mother, you know, meditates now, which is fantastic. But 10 years ago, it was, it was a woo woo word. And, you know, to me, uh -huh. the perception was it came from Silicon Valley, you know, once all these smart tech bros were doing it, then it made it okay. So where, you know, this, this enlightenment toward, you know, well-being of the earth and the people, where does that stem from? Where does that come from? Where, you know, is it, is it something that's built innately into us? Or is this, is this coming from somewhere that, you know, people will start, um, I guess, doing, you know, as, as they're, they're seeing others do? Right. That's just part of the process of expansion. But all this stuff is ancient. 
it's very ancient. It's it's been passed down from the test of time. Really, it's 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 all ancient. But the new age stuff is just the stuff we've really added to it. And like not knowing what it is, we just kind of are just sharing it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually I see that all as part of the process. Like people wearing shirts that say spiritual gangster and like whatever it could be. Uh, some people in the spiritual communities have have judgment towards that. I personally don't. I think it's just part of the process of expansion. Like there's like yoga is a very sacred practice for a lot of people. And there's various types of yoga. Um, and, and some of them are more focused on body postures and things, but even originally they, they were still a very spiritual practice, bringing people's mind focused and, and uh, training their mind as well and learning spiritual philosophy and things like that. And now for a lot of people, it's just a workout. And I don't, I don't really have judgment towards that because I think that, that's just a part of the process of expansion. Like it's now reaching more people than it ever has before. So uh, some of those things where um, people are just like capitalizing off of it or promoting it in a way that's like just for selfish gain and not really caring about uh, elevating people around them. It's, it's just, it's, it's just the polarity of it. It's just a byproduct of, of the expansion. And that means that a good thing is happening because it is reaching more people is how, is how I see it. And, I think over time, now that this is out and people are seeking it and open to it, and everyone's really talking about it now, that over time, the because of the age we're in, the, the awareness that we have, as more and more people turning into this, the things that are whole and in alignment will resonate with people's hearts more, and they'll just know. And the, the things that are kind of phony and maybe not as a – that don't have the greatest intentions will – kind of be revealed and people will naturally not uh, gravitate towards that as much. That's how, that's how I see it. I, does that answer your question? What you were yes, absolutely. For? It does. Yeah. You know, I want to kind of get, go from there to into a conversation about Kundalini yoga. And I want to preface, preface it a, a little bit as well. Um, so this is, this is an exciting Time, a curious time that I'm really curious as well, um, and then also like feeling a lot of sorrow for for people who are in a position where they're experiencing a lot of death or they're experiencing sickness themselves mm-hmm. or fear around money, and and this this is exciting for me right now, um, and I'm interested in what's happening because what I realize is is that I've cultivated for three to five years, uh, and then an awareness of myself that allows me to keep uh, the upheaval of, you know, like anxiety or depression or fear from taking over my body and from taking over my, my choices. And, and, and so, so I'm in a position personally where, where I can actually really embrace this time. And, and a lot of people Mm -hmm. might be in that position. And there's a lot of people who are like, what the hell is happening? I don't have any money. I don't know where to turn, you know, and, and constantly feel this pressure in their chest, not getting any sleep because they can't, you know, they can barely breathe. And, uh, and so I want to, I want to get into the idea of Kundalini yoga in particular. And I want to like say for anyone listening, because I've been the type of person who would tune out when certain words come up and, and, and so this might be that type of conversation where somebody might be listening to this and they might hear Bodhisattva or they might hear Kundalini or they might hear yeah, Kriya sure. or these words and they might just instantly tune out. But, but I, I'm not, I don't identify as a Buddhist. I don't identify as 
any religion, I do identify as spiritual for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, but but there's something that's happened in my life in this program that we we met during, you know, in that program for nine months, I was put in a place where I was practicing certain breath work and certain um, meditations and then Kundalini yoga. And I don't know, you know, I haven't studied it, but I've done it. And something strange has happened in my life since doing it repeatedly. And I've made it an important practice in my life, something very sacred to me that I do on a daily uh, basis to keep myself nice. moving forward, but also to keep myself sane. So, so I wonder if we can get into that conversation and you can bring this all together in a way that this might um, be impactful for those people who are listening and, and maybe ignite enough curiosity for them to, to, you know, rein in that, that stallion of, of anxiety and fear that might be happening for them. I know that I'm, I'm kind of like putting a lot out there, but just grab whatever and, and go with it. Sure. Thanks. Amy. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of different forms of yoga, forms of meditation, and personal growth stuff. And I just want to first say is they're all they're all valuable. I'm not biased with kundalini yoga, but definitely from my experience of exploring many practices, kundalini yoga is the most powerful one that I've personally experienced, and and therefore I'm really passionate about sharing it with people. Right. It, it um, what's cool about it to me is is it's not just yoga, moving the body in certain ways. It's also like a workout. It's not that easy all the time. It's like we're also uh, exercising our body in the process. There's breath work incorporated in it. There's when you're in person and in person class, there's often a sound healing, which is becoming a popular thing now. We use the power of sound to also relax the body. And um, you have deep relaxation after that and, and really deep meditation. And there's some mindset stuff as well. There's diet that you can, that's optional if you choose. It's really, it's really a whole package for transformation because the breath work and the breath work that we're doing helps really move anything like emotional energies that are stuck and stagnant that we're holding on to. And it also helps move like thinking patterns that we're just stuck in. Like maybe our dad had a like smirk on his face or this person that was really close at a restaurant like had a certain look and they were rude to you. And then every time you see someone make that face, you're kind of triggered and you're like, oh, you just feel this emotion and you don't really know why you're like, it helps move a lot of that without trying hard. It just cleanses. It's very cleansing to the energetic system and to our body. Physically, it's really balancing to the nervous system. So those times you get nervous, the times that you feel like you're in traffic and you feel yourself starting to like bubble up a little bit, that's the limit of your nervous system. Or if you're someone who exercises and you're running and you feel like you can't run any faster or you can't push yourself any faster, that's the limit of your nervous system. So what Kundalini Yoga does is physically it's, balancing your your nervous system and over time it expands your nervous system capacity so you're capable of more physically and it's also very balancing to the brain it strengthens your immune system it's just really whole health in a lot of ways that's why it's ancient i mean this thing is this is thousands and thousands of years old this practice and um all the yogic practices really originate from thousands of years ago um because it's, it's very whole to the body the mind in the spirit, as they say. And so with, with Kundalini Yoga, it really, I noticed for me personally, I used to, even though I had my spiritual awakening, I had been meditating every day for an hour to two hours a day of silent meditation. I uh, did all this, you know, reading all these books, applying all this stuff, making massive change in my life. But there were still ways that I was holding back and not living more of my potential. And there, there's always layers, but there was a massive way I was, I realized I was holding back. And that was 
I, I wouldn't speak up. I wouldn't use my voice. I would hold back. I would have truth to say or something. I was inspired to say something or had something that could literally help someone. And there were times, not all the time, but there were many times that I noticed was a pattern where I would hold back. And, you know, that can often be out of fear of not being accepted or not being received or hurting someone, whatever it could be. But just from the, the Kundalini Yoga practice alone, it's really helped me tap into like my core power of my navel and my, my throat. And I'm able to really be more confident in all areas of life in life. I can walk into a room and be super confident and I'm not self-conscious and I speak up when it's time to speak up. I listen when it's time to listen. And it's also made me healthier. Like my body feels better. Uh, it's more flexible. And so, so all around, it's really just uh, impacted me in positive ways. And, and also it's brought a lot of prosperity and abundance and really great opportunities in my life. A lot of people are kind of skeptical when they hear that, but this is how I understand the science of it by analyzing it myself, not what anyone told me or anything about it, which is we have certain thinking patterns and those thinking patterns and energy that we have in our emotions keep us making actions in a certain way and keep us thinking similar thoughts to those thoughts. Well, with doing the Kundalini workout, that's a lot of breath work and a lot of intense movements that really push us past our limits. It's cleansing those thoughts and cleansing a lot of the energy so it's kind of getting the stuff that's out of our way way, like the more positive thoughts can come in, that the great ideas can come in, the expansive ideas, the inspiration can come in more. And then things just seemingly kind of start to align more. Like a lot of people have that story and, and I have it from my own experience. And um, we're just, it seems like I'm often in the right time at the right place. And I attribute that to the, to, to the breath work part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would even like, just, I would say everything in the same respect has happened for me. You know, it's like when I was first introduced to it, what I realized, you know, I might have my arms in a certain way and when I'm doing a Kundalini Kriya and then I'm breathing in a certain way. And then, and then there's a point, you know, a minute, maybe 30 seconds or maybe two minutes into this practice where my mind starts to take over and and with the practice, I'm able to um, relax into that challenge, and in in doing so, releasing like, the releasing that upper ceiling or that upper limit of my capacity to do whatever it is that I want to do. And and I mean specifically in that practice, like holding the kriya, holding the pose, um, but right. also like the capacity to ask for a certain amount of money in my business or the capacity to have a certain type of sex in my life or the capacity to be a certain type of presence in the midst of a challenging moment where, you know, like, like for instance, in, in something like this quarantine uh, pandemic that we're experiencing, like the capacity to, to be with all of the challenge that comes with that and not lose myself in, in certain thoughts. So there, there's so much power to doing, you know, challenging things and invig invigorating certain breath and and uh, practice into that for sure definitely and we're often moving our body in a way that we don't normally do and and some it's so funny be like like you're alluding to some of them seem very easy like oh i'm just holding my arm out or just putting my hands behind my head or whatever it could be it seems simple but after a few minutes even some of the biggest toughest people that work out every day are like oh my god this is so hard i can't do it like you can, you just got to keep trying, keep doing, but it's, it's really liberating to experience uh, the feeling and the energy that comes after you push past. Like a lot of times I'll catch my mind 
saying like, oh, I can't do this. It's too hard. But then I keep pushing past. I just keep going, keep going, keep going. And like anytime it hurts, I just perfect it and keep going. And then before I know it, it's like a switch has flipped. And then I just get this wave of energy and I can keep going even easier to like ride, ride the rest of the exercise home. And so yeah. I attribute that to like in life, like we want anything. We want to be a better father, a better husband, a better uh, business owner or employee or what, whatever it could be, better anything. We have to do something different in our life to, to cause change for that, to expect a different result, right? So, so we're investing into ourselves when we practice any sort of meditation or self-growth, in this case, kundalini yoga. We're doing something different. Yeah. We're sitting down and doing something that's not super easy, uh, like just sitting on the couch watching TV. We're sitting consciously using our willpower, strengthening our willpower, pushing past our limits, doing this breath work, doing, moving our bodies in ways that's exercising it and making us stronger, not only physically and healthier physically, but mentally stronger and energetically stronger. So then when we show up in life as a father, as a husband, as a business owner, whatever it is, as an employee, we can show up better and more uh, less limited and we have more strength and more confidence to keep going because life is always going to be challenging there's there's always change there's always challenges there's always no matter how great things are even if you want to become a millionaire once you become a millionaire there's still challenges um but whenever we invest into ourselves into our mindset and our strength which community yoga does then we um those challenges are still there but how we show up to them is different and how we respond to them is different we react to less yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm and really interested to hear. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear Trey's ideas and what's happening for him right now because you and I have both experienced this and we can have this conversation and I can picture, you know, what you're talking about because it's happening for me as I continue to do these practices and it's happened for me a lot the past year. But Trey, I'm wondering what kind of ideas or or questions might be coming up for you at this point. Uh, it's something that I, I you know I, I am holding space for. I I. I I don't have experience uh, with with Kundalini yoga. I, I've, you know, to to uh, to your point, I you know I've used yoga as an exercise as a, as a way to build up sweat before, but it's never been you know a meditative practice for me. But it, it is something that uh, I would like to experience to to deepen um, my own personal practice and in, into meditation and into you know how I guess my path to enlightenment, I, I want, I do want to experience that, but I just, I, I don't have that basis right now to really dig into it. So, you know, Ernie, I would love for you to be a guide in that sense, at least to, you know, help me get to a point where I can find that practice. Oh yeah, dude, I could, we could, <laughs> we could do that. I, I used a lot of uh, Kundalini yoga practice and in, in my men's group and I use it in, in, uh, in my coaching, I guess my, my thought specifically when turning the, the attention towards you, Trey, is as an outsider, so to speak, from this practice, like you haven't done it, um, the questions that might be coming up for you, like if you're completely lost in, in some respect or if, you have, if you're intrigued by a certain aspect of it, any questions that you might have might be really valuable because, you know, we're, you're looking at it right now as from a beginner mind and you might see things that might be valuable in this particular conversation for people who listen. But if those things do come up, definitely, you know, throw them out. Yeah, I guess I, I am, you know, just curious from, you know, an actual physical, you know, people think of yoga, they think of going to a yoga studio and, and you know, sitting on a yoga mat with 15 others and, you know, doing downward facing dog. And, you know, so for the person who is, you know, hearing this term for the first time, you know, how does that 
you know, differ, you know, when you sit down to practice Kundalini yoga, you know, are you, where, where do the two roads, uh, you know, diverge? It's very different. Most commonly, like what the image that people have of yoga in their mind, most commonly is not anywhere close to what Kundalini yoga is. It's really, I can talk about it for a while, but it's really just something to experience. Uh, it's all, it's all about the internal experience, but physically it, it's, it's different. There's some of the same postures, but it's a lot of different postures, but there's a lot of breath work. There's hand postures and mudras and there's different, um, different movements and exercise. Sometimes there's even dance incorporated. In it. There's a lot of different ways of moving the body that we don't normally move the body, but it's all very specific and it's, it's, it's a yogic science. And um, they're all geared to give us a, a, a experience. Like I said, the universals are for the nervous system and uh, like cleansing the old, the old patterns, but also each specific Kriya. Kriya is a set of, of yoga postures that are put together like a recipe for a specific uh, set. Some are more focused on opening the heart and being more compassionate. Some are more for like directly focused on speaking up, like using your voice more and in, in enhancing that ability. Some are focused on uh, something more physical, like improving your digestion. Some are for this or that. So there's, they're, they're all, they all have different themes. And so it all looks very different. A lot of times when you go to traditional, I say traditional, uh, all yoga is traditional. It comes from like one source originally that kind of got sped up and, and dissected over time. People saying I'll practice these and not these other things. But that what I mean by traditional is uh, the most common perspective of yoga in, in America is, is more of the body stretching. And, and that's one part of yoga and the very valuable part of yoga. However, uh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, you know, I, I am curious while you, while you, you know, um, <clears throat> get back to that. Where, so if somebody is, you know, interested in, you know, making the leap from, you know, what they know as yoga to Kundalini, where, where's the best place to kind of wet your feet? Um, I mean, do you, do you look on YouTube? I mean, is there, is there, a, you know, one source that, you know, rises above the rest? Yeah, and I think I'll come back. That thought will come back. It's on its way back. But uh, yeah, so the best place to practice community yoga is in person when you can. Like whenever we're out of this quarantine, the in-class experience is just really great. Uh, there's a lot of places that you can practice. You can just look it up. Um, there's also a lot of great online resources in like Life Force Academy, and there's a lot of various platforms online where you can you can pick up the practice. There's also... Right now, we're, we're very fortunate and abundant where a lot of people, including myself, are teaching classes for free on Instagram Live and Facebook Live and various, various platforms and sources. So, so right now, it's really easy to, to pick up this practice and, and any practice. Um, what I, here, here's that thought that had slipped my mind a moment ago, which is oftentimes the practice that's the yoga practices that are common in America are, that aren't Kundalini yoga have the same style every time you come to class. It's like the same exact uh, movements and same like uh, flows that they do and the same sets that they do. Kundalini yoga, there's literally over 3,000 different sets of yoga and meditation. So it's likely that every time you come to class, you're having a new experience of moving your body in a new way and exercising uh, and pushing yourself past your limits in a new way. So that's something for me that's very exciting. That's great. Um, I had never really, I had no judgment towards the other yogas. I actually respect them in, in learning from all of them uh, as much as I can. But before I got into Kundalini Yoga, when I was just doing metaphysical studies and mindset studies and personal growth and all that, I had went to a handful of uh, 
the Katha and Vinasa yoga classes, and I had great experiences. I loved it. But it's been really quick where I didn't feel the urge to keep practicing. And I did it like a couple times a year, maybe. Yoga just wasn't my thing. Um, and then the moment my wife brought home Kundalini Yoga and showed me this this uh, exercise called uh, Ego Eradicator, where you put your arms in there and you do this intense breathing for three minutes that seems like it would be easy, was uh, I did that and I, I just pushed in that three minutes. And I experienced a greater depth and exhilaration of, of meditation than I had in the entire six years before when I was meditating for an hour a day in three minutes. So, wow. so to me, um, that's what it was. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to keep doing this. So then um, I started, I, I, I was living in an area where it wasn't really around. And at the time, a few years ago, there wasn't a lot of uh, stuff online about it. So I just um, uh, was teaching myself as my, my, my wife was learning it too. And, and then we got into classes and then eventually got into teacher training and just continued the depth of our practice. But something I want to say on this note uh, before answering your other question is, is this is a bit of wisdom that I feel like is important for everyone to know, especially with more people waking up right now into exploring new practices, new opportunities in their life. Is it, it, I had to learn this through experience. And is is there's value in being committed to our practice, our daily practice. Like literally that could be as simple as five minutes a day, just getting up, doing something five minutes for my day to invest into myself, to get my mind in shape and directed towards being productive for the day. And, and which will then allow us to be, uh, to, to have less anxiety and less stress and to be happier through the day and to see more possibilities rather than problems and, and, and to come up with solutions with problems when they exist is literally just by having that morning practice. And it could be two hours a day. It could be an hour a day. It could be half an hour, but everyone can at least do three to five minutes a day. So, however, what I've learned over the years is I'm not committed to the practice. I once thought I was committed to the practice when I was doing another, a different form of, uh, of mental discipline is I became so committed to the practice that I was identifying with the practice and identifying with the community. And then I've realized now that uh, it's not about the practice. It's about me, like my personal growth and like who, who I'm becoming in the process. So, so the commitment is not to the practice, the commitment is to myself. And so because I have the commitment to myself, I show up for the practice. And so right now, Kundalini Yoga is serving my, my body, it's serving my mind and my health. However, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, is it going to be the healthiest thing for my body? I don't know. Right. I, it might change to something else, right? So I think that's an important piece for people to, to really get is try Kundalini Yoga. But if it's not for you after you try it a couple of times and you know that you're just really not into it, um, if, if you don't see the, the, the potential for growth in it, then explore other things and see what does resonate with you. But also to remember to not get caught up in the community. Like the community brings a lot of value and there's a lot of beauty and growth in that. Um, and there's a lot of beauty in, in doing the practice daily. But a lot of problems happen when we get our identity wrapped up in the practice and it, where the practice is who we are. And the community is who we are because there's really light and dark. There's light and shadow to everything. So then when we put our identity in the practice or our identity in a community, any community, then when we hear about the darkness, it affects our own security. Right. So the, the way to prevent that is to make the commitment to our, our self, our self-growth. And, and so by being committed to ourselves, then we choose to practice and choose to explore new practices when that's needed too. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, Scott, before, you know, before I let you go, I, I did want to, you're obviously extremely intelligent with, you know, a very, you know, good pulse on, you know, what we as a people 
are doing and can be doing to better our lives and better the world. And I'm just curious, you, you, you may, obviously we, we spent a lot of time talking about when lightning strikes, what other film projects, if any, are you working on right now that, you know, is encompasses those ideas that, you know, is aimed to help better people's understanding of the world in which we live and how we can improve it. Yeah. So I'm under a non-disclosure agreement for, for one of them. So I can't say too much, but okay. it's about, it's resonant with what I was saying. It's about the, um, uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's about the healing of a community essentially. And, um, and then another one is about, this is a film that I actually started years ago. That's just been a slower movie one that takes quite a while to make. And it's, we're getting close to the end. And that one is the power of, of movement and dance because a lot of us like sit still and don't move our body enough at desk and stuff like that. And I discovered this years ago and uh, it's essentially free form movement where there's no right or wrong way to move your body. You just move and allow yourself like you close, close the blinds in your house and, and just dance if no one's watching. Like, it's like, I always wanted to dance and thought I couldn't. And I would see other people like, Oh, they can dance. And so this is a, a sober practice, conscious, like no drugs or alcohol, and we just move. And it's people doing it together, and there's a, a kind of an agreement that we're not judging each other, that we're here to just express ourselves. And I've experienced a lot of uh, a lot of growth in that and a lot of freedom as well in that practice. So I started making a movie on it, and that's, that's something that we're finishing up right now as well. And more to come on the other one. Uh, I can talk more about that later, but it, it's also wrapped in inspiration and, and intended to help people understand and to elevate their experiences and heal past traumas and, and things like that. And yeah, that's amazing. And where can people go to find out more about what you're working on? Um, film projects, uh, personal projects, your Instagram, feel, feel, feel free to, you know, plug any of that. Sure. Thanks. The best place right now is Instagram. Uh, you can type Scott Hilburn, Hill with one L and then burn. It's the, the current name right now is the conscious B underscore conscious underscore DP. And on there, I'm posting a lot of stuff from my teaching stuff from some stuff from film projects. And there's a link tree there that we'll have, we'll be staying up to date with any of the resources for, for the film projects and just various things. And right now, I don't know when this podcast is coming, coming out. However, I'm doing occasional live stream uh, classes each week and meditations and going to be teaching some, Kundalini breathing techniques that are for detoxing through the breath and stimulating the uh, immune system to engage more. Uh, yeah, so, so that's a great resource during these times. Excellent. Ernie, uh, do you have any other questions? Yeah. Uh, man, I don't have any questions. I've just been uh, really inspired by the uh, wide-ranging topics that you've brought to the table here and the insights that you've brought with them. And, and I really hope that if if people are interested in in kundalini yoga or other types of meditation that they might check out the work you're doing um not to mention you know if if people are into sustainability um you know keeping mm -hmm. our planet healthy that's another topic that i've seen you touch on a lot so that's another reason to to check out your instagram um but other than that man i'm just really appreciative to to connect and that you would take the time today to to sit with us and, and share some of your thoughts yeah, seriously. Yeah, it for is. sure. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been awesome. And, and Scott, and, I do want to... I appreciate wanna, you both. Absolutely. I do want to ask you one go, more go, question. Go ahead, Trace. Go ahead. 
Um, is if you, I, I, I try to ask this of everybody that we talk with, if you had one book that you had to really boil down and say, Hey, this book changed my life. And I would recommend this book to anybody who I ever talked to. Do you have a book that you could you recommend? The magic of thinking big, the magic of thinking big. Who's so that? The by? magic of thinking big. Yeah. Um, let me, let me grab it. Actually okay. I don't have the name. I apologize to the author. That's amazing. Cause this book, this book is written in the 50s but it's still super powerful it is of course yeah david j swartz phd the, the magic, the magic of, of thinking. thinking big acquire the secrets of success achieve everything you've always wanted it's about the the power of utilizing your mind to think bigger awesome and to, to see possibilities and how to uh really train your mind to to work for you where what you do with it then produces more of what you want. And, and it references a lot of like millionaires and billionaires and successful people and how, how they've utilized their mind and what separates a successful person from an unsuccessful person in relationship to their mind. And so really, really inspiring book that gives practical tools and even some questions to examine in yourself and to ask yourself. Fantastic. I, I will absolutely check that out. And uh, again, Scott, thank you so, so much for doing this with us. Uh, we truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you guys and what you're doing. Thank you. It's so important. And thanks for keeping it going, even during, during these times. And uh, it's been awesome connecting with you. And I look forward to staying connected and, and seeing the success of your, your podcast, Continue to Grow, and, and your coaching business and everything that you do. And, and uh, yeah, wishing you the best for, for your families and also for all the, the people listening to this podcast, like thank you for tuning in and have an, have an awesome rest of your day. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, for sure. Take care. Bye. 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 Again, we want to thank Scott Hilburn for joining us. Uh, it was an amazing conversation. The more we get the opportunity to do these interviews, the more profound they feel to me and the more ambitious I feel myself getting uh, the more I want to get out there and do more. So again, Scott, thank you so, so much. You can find Scott on Instagram at the underscore conscious underscore DP. That link will be in the show notes. Please do check those out. There will also be a link to the book Scott recommended as well as his link tree too. Uh, do us a favor. If you like this episode, leave us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice that helps others find out about us or just share this episode with uh, your network that uh, goes a long, long way. Um, also, you can follow us on Instagram at One Mosaic Life. If you want to reach out to us, please do so at uh, by emailing onemosaiclife at gmail.com. Last but not least, again, this episode is brought to you by 2237designs. Make sure you own your website if you want to make managing your online business stupid simple, not just stupid. Visit 2237designs.com today. All listeners of this podcast will qualify for a free year of website hosting if you decide to work with us. Thank you so, so much. I hope you all have a wonderful Easter and you're staying safe and healthy. We will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.